Hey beautiful lady, so glad you are here today. We're going to discuss a tough but really, really important topic and I'm going to keep these holiday themed podcast episodes coming because I know these are things we all struggle with and I think the holidays can be a time when it really comes to the surface and so today we're going to discuss how to stay on track towards your health and fitness goals while also enjoying those you know favorite treats that you love and celebrating with your loved ones so that you can experience confidence in your eating and be free from guilt <laughs> be free from the guilt that and shame that so often accompanies our eating choices during the holidays and so we're going to cover today eight simple but powerful ways to find balance in both staying on track with your goals while also being able to enjoy those holiday celebrations and know it is not counting your macros and tracking every single thing that you eat. Um, we're going to discuss the single most harmful message that I really want you to be aware of around food, nutrition, and fitness during the holidays that really keeps us stuck. And we're going to dive into the eight biggest mistakes that we often make when we're approaching the holiday season, we're approaching eating, and simple ways that you can avoid them. So I really want this to be something that is both empowering for you and also healing in a lot of ways. That's my goal for you. I really want this to help you avoid some of the stress and anxiety that may surround food. I want you to be able to reclaim the joy and the balance that can come with food during holidays. And so that's my intention for you. And we are also going to cover how we can kind of let go of some of these rigid food rules to be able to enjoy the celebrations without feeling out of control or guilty. We're going to dive into the real reasons that we may tend to overindulge or binge eat during holidays. And it's no, it's not because we lack the willpower, the self-control, or the motivation. We are going to talk about how we can get the nourishment that we need while also allowing ourselves the flexibility um, to really cherish those, those memories and the moments that come from food. And we're going to talk about the number one way to stick with your eating preferences, even in the face of everybody else eating differently or maybe pressures that you might be experiencing in your environment. Now, as we've been diving into in the latest episodes, the holidays obviously can cause certain triggers to surface or intensify. And if you've been struggling in any way with your relationship with eating or your weight or your body image through stages of life that you're in or through motherhood or as you're working towards your fitness goals, I just, I want you to know that you're not alone and I, I see you. And knowing just how challenging it is with so many different social events and family gatherings where food is really the center of the celebration. And that can bring up a lot of discomfort, a lot of fears, a lot of pressures, guilt, insecurities, anxieties. And so you're not alone in any of that. And I've been there too. And it's just been quite a journey, a long road to get where I am now, but I'm just so grateful for the ways the Lord has brought renewed healing and hope here. And I've really taken a lot of time over this last week to digest where the Lord has led me on this journey and what I really feel compelled to share with you today so that you can more peacefully navigate all of the challenges that come from this season. And so we're going to help lift some of the shame for you around these topics today. We're going to break through those feelings of guilt and shame around food, your body, fitness, and learn how to manage these inevitable triggers that are going to arise around food and our bodies during holidays. We are going to break this into two episodes because we're going to go deep. Let's get the conversation started. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. 
So as I begin today, I want you to know first and foremost that peace with food is possible and you do not deserve anything less, my friend. You deserve the freedom to actually treasure the memories and the moments with your family and to pursue those goals and dreams that are in your heart with both dedication and determination, but also a healthy balance physically and mentally. Because I know that oftentimes things might look great on the outside, but they're not always that way on the inside. And so my vision and hope for you today is that this equips you to take to heart some of these deep areas of self-reflection so you can find the right amount of balance to keep making progress in your goals without stressing or obsessing over food. And I know firsthand how difficult this can be because I have been in some, some dark places in my motherhood journey when it comes to my relationship with my body and my relationship with food. This is going to cover some sensitive topics, so I just want to start off with acknowledging that your story matters. It matters so much, and not only for you, but also for your children and everybody that you connect with. And I just want to encourage you that investing in your own healing when it comes to all of these things, a relationship with food, with your body, with fitness, with your health, it can help so many more future generations, you know, to include your kids and beyond to, to break free from some of these struggles that we may have experienced and that we may have internalized um, the narratives of. And I wish that this is a conversation we could have like sitting across the table from each other with coffee, you know, or just curl up on the sofa and with tea and a blanket. I want to hear your story. I want to be able to chat with you about this because these things are, are deep and it's unpacking these kind of long held beliefs about our body, about our relationship with food and, and all of this takes some time. And so I just want you to know that this brings up some uncomfortable things for you. It's okay and that's normal. And if you're ready for this, then I want you to just go into this conversation with an open heart. See how the Lord moves. And and sometimes it's going to be seeds planted and you know there's going to be practical action steps you can take right away and apply right away in Thanksgiving this week and in the holiday celebrations for the rest of Christmas. But I also want you to know that this is this is a long game and these things, again, they're threads that run deep. And so it takes a process and I'm here to support you through it. And I'm just honored to be able to have this conversation with you and we can just dive deep because this is this is tough stuff. So I found for me that this is one of the main this is one of the main sources of stress postpartum. Food was always on my mind for my whole postpartum season with my first baby. And I didn't realize, but I, I had so much of this unhealed, rocky relationship with my body and it just came out more postpartum. And some of it, there was a desire and pressure for approval. There was a pressure to prove myself. There was a pressure to be perfect as a mother, to please others. I think in a lot of ways I was tying my worth to either losing a certain amount of weight or my body looking a certain way. And I felt like I was only going to be happy or confident in my body if and when it reached a certain image or like it looked a certain way when I looked in the mirror. And I think on the outside, you know, a lot of people would have seen, even the people closest with me would have seen, they may have been really disciplined. I had very healthy eating habits and made good choices in that sense. I, you know, was, was pretty strong and fit in general, but inside I was at war with myself and it was this deep battle for my worth and my identity. And I was not at peace and I was just experiencing so much this like turbulent relationship with myself and it was so far from the joy that I wanted to experience and the presence that I wanted to experience when it came to so many things in, in motherhood and I later found what was possible 
but it only was through the willingness to enter into the uncomfortable reflection work and the unlearning that it kind of took to unwire some of the messages and narratives that were that I've internalized that were actually very harmful and I didn't even know it and realize it at the time because they were so popular they're so accepted even in the health and fitness community even in the pre and postnatal fitness community especially in the military community and the diet culture just runs so deep and so I'm still on this journey with you I'm still relearning how to trust myself with my body with food reduce the shame around it to trust my intuition and my appetite and its intuitive wisdom and this has just opened me up to so many more positive experiences around food and so many more memories here through the seasons of life and through the seasons of motherhood I think as we become a mother through pregnancy, as our body changes through postpartum, as the shifts happen very quickly, our life and our society and social media and everything is full of all these minefields of triggers for disordered eating. For It's a time of increased vulnerability. And so with that and with the, the deep resonance of diet culture across our society and especially even in, in the military where our worth sometimes feels like it's on the line. Our value, our perceived value seems like it's on the line sometimes. We're, we're trying to earn it. We're trying to earn credibility. We're trying to earn respect by our fitness and by our health and sometimes even our appearance in the way that we conduct ourselves. And so the intersection of all these things, of motherhood, of military life, of maternal mental health, it's just this perfect storm for eating disorders to surface or disordered eating. When that happens, oftentimes we turn inward. We internalize it. That's what shame does. It causes us to internalize it as a failure and that we are a failure, that something's wrong with us. But the reality is that we need space to have these hard conversations, to have safe spaces where we can be seen, we can be known, we can be heard, and we can be witnessed in the struggle and we can see that we are not alone in it and that we're in community with others. And so that's the space that I just am really passionate about creating in my programs and in my coaching. And so that's what we do within Renew. It's come up like body image struggles, our relationship with health and fitness and ourselves as mothers, so many things. All of this has come up time and time again because it is something that so many of us struggle with. Yeah, it's just been such an honor to hear the stories of each of my group members and to see how much of a need it is to have more conversations around these topics. That's when when they're brought to the light, that's when they're unshamed. And so I just want you to know you don't have to navigate this alone. This is something that there are many other women who are going through it right alongside you. I would love to be able to walk with you in it. Through motherhood, there's so much change and it's natural to want to kind of grip onto something for control. But I encourage you to just embrace these seasons and the holidays as an opportunity to kind of take an inventory of and just continue to heal your relationship with food, with fitness, and with your body. You can rewrite a new legacy, but we have to understand our story first in order to rewrite it. And part of understanding our story, I think, is just being willing to hold more compassionate space for yourself to reflect on these experiences and to reflect on the narratives we may have internalized. That's what has become our inner voice oftentimes. And I think part of what's really hard is that many of us end up believing that we're inherently flawed and therefore unworthy of love, of acceptance, of connection, or we're only worthy of those things if and when our body looks a certain way or when we you know, reach a certain number on the scale or certain numbers in our fitness. And this can be a lifelong struggle if we never really take the time to unveil and heal it. And so I just invite you to explore these tough topics with me here to shed light on some of these things. The first thing, the single most harmful message that I first want you to be aware of that underlies a lot of the messaging out there is that we have to shrink ourselves, our body is inherently flawed, or that it's only worthy of love, of acceptance, of approval of others if and when. And that being in a larger or a changing body is wrong or something's wrong with you or that we have to lose weight or we have to be afraid of our bodies or that our bodies are a problem to be solved. It's something to be fixed and it's something we have to assert control over. So I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. 
But wherever you are in your journey, do you feel that pressure to change your body, to fix your body, to assert some, some form of control over your body? And how much of your motivation to exercise, or maybe that feeling of like, I should exercise, or okay, this week, like I've got to exercise more because I know I'm going to be eating more. On the back end, I got to make sure I push myself even harder because I'm going to be eating more. Where is that coming from and what's the underlying narrative? I will guess that it's something similar to this. And so I want you to shift this from a place of controlling your body or fixing your body to a place of caring for your body. And that lens can just make all the difference in the world. You know, from a faith perspective, we become the things that we praise and we worship. Everything that we do should be rightly ordered towards God. And so let's just make sure we're not idolizing anything other than the Lord. And I I don't want to discourage you for having goals at all. I don't want you to feel judged for having goals, but I just want you to to be invited to explore what's at the root of those goals, where it's coming from, what your reason is, and ask God to continue to purify that, to bring you freedom there outside of whatever societal expectations are, other people's opinions, the cultural definitions of beauty, the external pressures. Let God just reclaim in your heart the truth of who you are in his eyes and where your beauty comes from. Okay, now diving into the practical There are eight ways that you can really stay on track during the holidays and still enjoy those favorite treats of yours. So let's let's do that. Number one is going to be plan and prepare. So nourishing whole foods, nutrient dense. I recommend consistently aiming for a nutritious breakfast to start your day off strong. I think meal prep can really help here to keep it simple, to reduce the time, effort, and overwhelm. I have some really good tools for meal prep that I've learned over the years. It's, it does not take an entire day to meal prep. It doesn't have to do that. But some of the things that you can do is batch cook certain components that you then put together in different meals. So, for example, a rotisserie chicken. Like, that's already cooked, obviously, but you can grab it from the grocery store and you can use it, like, five different ways. So, like, that's a very simple example. But you could do something similar with, you know, batch cooking vegetables, batch cooking your grains or your starches and then putting it with different meals and same thing with your proteins and so that can really reduce the time and and simplify nutrition during this stage when you're really busy there's a lot going on aim for about half of your plate to be filled with vegetables a quarter of the plate to be filled with lean protein like um and then a quarter of your plate to be quality carbohydrates like whole grains fruits starchy vegetables in terms of in between meals Make sure you're keeping healthy and nutrient-dense snacks on hand as well. I know you probably always pack the snacks for the kids, but do the same for yourself. And snacks that are easy and nutritious can just keep our blood sugar levels a little bit more stabilized and regulated and keep our energy up. And so having those unprocessed snacks like fruit, veggies, nuts, lean meat, and things like that on hand is going to help fill you up and give you energy throughout your day. And one thing that can be really helpful here for snacks is just batch prepping at the beginning of each week to set yourself up for success. So you have some grab-and-go snacks that can kind of maximize the bank for your buck and minimize the tendency to grab the things that might look good in the moment um, or whatever fast food is available or whatever looks good in the grocery checkout line. I recommend for each of these snacks, including a good source of protein, fat, and fiber for each of them with at least one serving of veggie or fruit. So each time you have a snack, it should kind of include those components instead of the naked carbs, which are like the simple carbs without a protein or fat with them. All right, and then pre-portioning, you know, some of those portions of, let's just say, nuts or carrots and hummus or your peanut or nut butter and apples, like granola with yogurt, those kinds of things can make it really, really easy to just pack it on the go when you got to get going to where you're going pretty quickly. And we want to think about when it comes to healthy habits, adding to our lifestyle instead of restricting, depriving, or depleting. And so that's what's going to help it be more sustainable when it comes to nutrition habits and goals that help cultivate a positive relationship with food and with our bodies and ultimately contribute towards more energy and function. 
And number two is going to be to listen to your body. And this is something we can learn, but I just encourage you to eat with intention and and listen to your intuition. So some things that are very practical that you can do here when it comes to kind of mindful eating throughout the holiday season is taking a few deep breaths prior to eating, sitting down and eating at a table, plating your food instead of like eating out of a bag or something like that, checking in with your hunger and your how filled you are, checking in with your satisfaction after eating, practice gratitude for the food and the experience itself in the moment instead of scarfing it down really quickly. It's important to remember we can learn how to trust ourselves and our appetites and ourselves around certain foods. There are some narratives out there in the nutrition space and the health and fitness space of like the advice to not keep certain foods in our home. This is a helpful method but it's just a temporary fix because what we really want to do is we want to be able to be mindful about our choices and be able to have the discipline to and the freedom to make the choices without restricting in the first place because then it's just the environment that's controlling us but we're not able to control our own appetite in that sense but you can trust your body you can trust yourself around certain foods and mindfully and intentionally make the decisions instead of being dictated and swayed in whatever direction Another thing that we can do is just when we're pausing or slowing down, ask yourself, am I actually hungry or am I just bored? Am I stressed? Am I really exhausted? Am I sneaking Oreos in the pantry because I'm overstimulated and overwhelmed by all the crying and like the hanging on me when I'm trying to make dinner by the kids? Is it that I'm snacking at midnight because I'm just stressed and I'm a little bit overwhelmed with the holiday season? Am I mindful eating or am I just sitting here munching without thinking about it because I'm watching a, a movie or a TV show? You know, and those are those are things like we just got to be honest with ourselves. If we sit slow down and we eat with intention and intuition, it's just going to help tremendously with meeting our goals. Number three is to drink smart. And drinks can be a really sneaky way that we end up taking in a lot more calories. So whether it's alcoholic drinks or non-alcoholic drinks, there's a lot of a lot of festive drinks that can be a lot sweeter or have a lot of extra stuff added to it. So just be mindful of that. Of course, there are skinny, help, healthy, I'm putting in air quotes, options for some of these things. But just um, factor that into, you know, when you're thinking about your nutrition as a whole and kind of your balance as a whole. Number four, prioritize sleep and simple self-care. So neglecting to sleep enough or to take care of ourselves, it can lead to more cravings and actually seeking food more as a source of comfort and even some of the, like I said, emotional eating as well. And I know I know when we like really feel like we have no time to ourselves as mothers, it can be really easy to stay up really late because it's the only time we have of peace and quiet. And so the midnight binge eating can also be a temptation. And I acknowledge that, especially if you've got cookies that you're decorating with your kids, you've got all these things going on, and then you are pretty eating in moderation, let's just say throughout the day, and you're enjoying with your kids, but then you end up like sliding into some of these more more of the binging or overeating habits late at night. So just get to know what your habits are, what things that you kind of tend to fall into as patterns, and then just set healthy boundaries where it's necessary. And this is one that I'm really working on right now. I'll be very honest with you. I have definitely not been as good with sleep hygiene over the last few weeks, and that's something I definitely want to work on over the holiday season because it's just not going to be sustainable. Number five, Staying on track doesn't mean an all or nothing or perfection. So don't treat the holidays as an all or nothing situation. It's this idea encourages a really unhealthy relationship with food, actually, and it's a myth that we have to be perfect to get results. It's a myth that we have to change all the things and do a complete overhaul of our diet or our health um, to, to make progress. And so micromanaging all of our decisions is just not sustainable. And habits centered around what, we, what will help us feel good and not just weigh less is what's going to make the biggest difference. 
when we end up trying to do these big overhauls, it's like we're trying to white knuckle our way through it. And then we end up having to reset because we constantly fall short and constantly fail. But we're just not setting ourselves up for success in the first place. And another narrative we may have that's kind of all or nothing is eating sweets means giving in and it equals failure. And so look at like, what are you, what, what are you using as like your definitions without even realizing it? And, and that can help you kind of assess, okay, is this something I want to believe or can I shift my perspective of it here? Another one that can be really difficult for us in, in terms of managing our nutrition and working towards our goals, when we set this sort of false um, or controlled food scarcity, we overly restrict ourselves. We can end up, if we, if we give in, let's just say, give in to, compared to what we were hoping for or meaning to do and falling short, we can then feel a lot of failure and shame. And then we can also just end up being like, oh, screw it. Like I ate I ate two cookies, I might as well just eat five. Like, you know what I mean? And so it, it's, I think it can really be something that comes up constantly and it can be a really big sabotager of our goals. It, we think we ruined our day, so we might as well just continue. And it just really doesn't make sense when we take that step back and we look at it. And it's really rooted in perfectionism and we end up experiencing so many of those overwhelming and, and demoralizing judgmental thoughts about ourselves when we fall into those things. When it comes to restriction too, it's, we end up spending a lot of energy trying to hold ourselves to that tight standard. And then it's like when we end up deviating from that, we don't allow that self-compassion. We don't allow the flexibility. And it's that we need to be perfect to get results. But the thing is, it's actually going to make it more difficult for us to stay on track with our goals if we are overly restrictive. So we'll get into more of why that's the case psychologically, but it's just really important to realize that. All right, number six is to allow for both a nourishing and a moderate amount of enjoyment foods at all events without assigning a morality to it. So all foods can fit into a healthy diet and lifestyle and moderation and balance is really key here. And so you don't have to overcompensate with exercise or deprive yourself to get to your goals. I really want you to think about, you know, when it comes to allowing for both nourishing foods and then enjoyment foods, survey the options. Like, let's just say you go to an event, survey the options and kind of see like, what do you really want? You don't have to have everything just because it's available. So maybe it's like save room for your favorites and really enjoy those. Enjoy those in moderation and enjoy them guilt-free. Reflecting on what food items we may have mindlessly eaten, eaten in the past that we don't necessarily want to choose again this time around can be really helpful. Thinking about what food items might we really be looking forward to enjoying mindfully, what food items really bring us joy, what food items will not really bring us joy, but won't move us closer to our goals either, you know what I mean? And so reflect on those questions and it can really support your decision so you're making them freely. Another thing here is that sometimes we we can, again, with the false scarcity idea, sometimes we can end up just lying to ourselves about like, okay, I can only have one. Like, that's something we might tell ourselves, right? But that is that is actually a lie to ourselves because if there's 10 cookies on the table, we could actually have more, but we are intentionally depriving ourselves of those other ones. And so what happens in our mind subconsciously is that we, we basically think we're starving ourselves, and so our mind gets stressed about it. Our mind starts to go into a place of chaos and of scarcity, and it, it starts to freak out a little bit. And so when we really actually recognize, okay, no, there's a readily abundant availability of all the foods, and we instead are like, I can, I can have as many as I choose to have, and then we make the decision, it can bypass some of those emotions that can end up spiraling us into overeating and binge eating when we do make the choice to say yes to a food or like later if we, if we end up quote unquote giving in. 
And then another thing that can be a big myth is that our we, we might think it's a, an issue with either motivation or willpower. If only I had more willpower, if only I had more self-discipline and motivation, then I'd be able to stick with my goals. But no, there's also the reality that certain foods that are more processed are going to the ultra especially ultra processed foods are meant to impact us physiologically they're meant to give us these like immediate boosts of dopamine and they're meant to keep us addicted these quick hits of sugar and so we're fighting more than just our values and our own decision making power we're we're actually fighting like the physiological impact of these things in our body and so it, it just creates these extra barriers to eating in line with our goals and so i don't i just want you to allow yourself to kind of see it for what it is and give yourself a little bit more grace than just being like oh, it's all a problem with me. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's not just a willpower and a motivation issue. That is a myth. And so just kind of keep that in mind as you're making your decisions. Number seven is on the same vein here, have more self-compassion. I really encourage you to have this sort of compassionate curiosity with yourself instead of moving automatically to condemnation and to judgment. So if you perceive in your own mind that you fall off track or if you eat too much from what you wanted to take a step back and remember to try to have this non-judgmental observation of your thoughts instead of beating yourself up you can ask yourself okay how could I have made some different decisions what may have led me to those decisions I think it's helpful to learn over the course of our life to just continue to in different little ways and big ways make friends with failure and failure always exists alongside success, whatever whatever we want to define as success in the moment. And so failure is valuable information. So we can ask ourselves, like, what can we learn from this? Instead of being like, oh my gosh, I am such a failure. I failed. I cannot believe I did this again. And that's when all the guilt is going to creep in. You know, even when we had all the beautiful intentions maybe to nourish ourselves and eat balanced and to not overdo it or whatever it is. It doesn't always go as planned. We're human and, and that's okay. It's not going to happen exactly like you may you may want it to. And I just encourage you when that happens, when inevitable failure in your eyes might happen how can you be more curious uh, instead of instead of judgmental with yourself? And look at it also as an opportunity to better understand your needs and what may have led you to those decisions. And so you can ask yourself like right after it happens or later, okay, why did this happen? Try to pinpoint the specific cause. Maybe you weren't able to be as mindful because there were pressures around you. Maybe this was the only opportunity you would have to have this particular food. Maybe you tried to be really good in your mind over the last few days and not eat that food and now it's opportunity and you you tend to overindulge then when you do have the chance to do it. Maybe you, you ended up drinking and that impacted your your ability to kind of have the judgment that you wanted about the other foods that you were eating. It's just important to kind of take that step back and reflect instead of being like, oh, something's wrong with me. What? Why can I never get this right? You know, all those kinds of things. And just be honest with yourself there. All right. Number eight is to keep your why close to you. And what I mean by your why here is, especially with this, it's who you want to be and how you want to show up and why it matters for you and for your family and for others. When we lose sight of our why, we lose sight of why our choices matter. And so keeping it close can really change everything. And, and change, in reality, any kind of change requires compromise and sacrifice. But sacrifice is not going to be sustainable without meaning. And we... I think our faith is a beautiful example of that. Yeah, just keep in mind what your why is. Get really clear on your why, and that will help you find joy in the sacrifice. That's going to help you work towards something that's greater than yourself and, and greater than maybe some of the the either temptations in the moment or some of the tendencies to fall into one extreme or the other. 
All right, we are gonna pause there and we will resume with a part two where we will dive into the biggest mistakes that we often make in the process and what we can do to avoid them and focus on doing instead so that we can experience more joy and more peace around food and eating and celebrating during the holidays.